Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast. We are super excited about today's call, but before we begin the interview, we have Jesse Ledoux, our queen of coaching, with our product of the week. Jesse, tell us about the product that you discovered. The product that I love in the shop is the Bikini Bite Roll-On Suit Fastener. And, you know, Bucklew has kind of become the running joke in pageantry. It's kind of like a secret society we all belong to because we get it, but it is so important and you can't use just any glue. So this glue is perfect for that exact need of fastening your swimsuit in place before competition. Okay. So for the girl who's maybe just completely new to pageantry, tell them like, what is butt glue? What purpose does it serve? And actually how they can apply the bikini bite. So butt glue is important because during swimsuit competition, if you're on stage and your suit in the rear is rying up and giving you a little bit of a wedgie, um, the judges can be distracted because your suit isn't in place. And two, it might not show up your show off your physique as well. So the butt glue, how it is applied is you kind of bunch up your suit in the back, um, making a little less coverage and then roll on the butt glue where your suit would be. And then have a friend, if you have a friend backstage with you, or if there's a helper, she will pull the suit and place it over and just kind of hold it in place for about five seconds. And you should be good to go. Okay. Now, after the swimsuit phase of competition, maybe they have to slide back into their evening gown. I mean, do they just put the evening gown over top of their bikini bottoms or do you wipe the stuff off? How does that work? So this particular um, roll-on glue is removable with water, which is so important because especially if you have a really fitted gown, you don't want that glue residue to hinder your performance in evening gown either. So the fact that this washes off really easily with, with a washcloth and water makes a huge difference. Okay. And then now a problem that some girls have with butt glue is when they throw it in their bag and it kind of tilts to its side, there's leakage. Um, and it does get on their wardrobe. Now, does this have a tendency to leak? Do you know that? No, it doesn't have a tendency to leak. It is completely sealed. Um, but as always, pageant girls were always prepared. So I always recommend putting any kind of glue or liquid or adhesive inside a Ziploc bag when you're traveling to and from because bags get jostled around and things happen. But this particular product is very, very safe to use when traveling. And this is pretty hard to find. I mean, you can't just go into your normal store and just say, okay, I need butt glue. They'll look at you like you have three eyes. Oh my gosh, for sure. So I've seen girls use Elmer's glue and Elmer spray glue, and it was like the worst case scenario ever. Um, but then also there's always one girl that has butt glue and she's your go-to. What happens if that one girl isn't at that pageant and nobody has butt glue? So it's so important to have your own supply. That way you're always in the clear. Okay, so where can they find it and how much does it cost and all that good stuff? So you can find the Bikini Bite Roll-On Suit Fastener at shop.thepageantplanet.com and it costs $26.99 and you can get a ton of uses out of it. Probably your lifetime of pageantry needs for a swimsuit and the best part, there's always free shipping and there's no minimum. Awesome. Does this come with an expiration date? Like it's good for a year and then after that you got to buy another one? Uh, no, this should be good for quite a few years, actually. Okay. So $26, great insurance policy to make sure that you've got, one, that you're the go-to girl at the pageant, two, that you're super prepared, and three, that your bikini sticks to your bottom. For sure. And you can always find a friend if you want to split it with them, and then you have your secret supply of buck glue in the corner. Awesome. Thank you, Jesse. Thanks, Stephen. 
Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast, where we help you succeed in pageantry. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast, sponsored by the Pageant Planet Shop, where you can find everything you need, from butt glue, to swimwear, to jewelry, to shoes, literally everything that you need to buy for your pageant can be found in our store, and we give you free shipping on all the products all the time. So just go to shop.thepageantplanet.com and shop away, I guess. Sound good? Um so I am super excited about today's call. We have on the phone um, a friend of mine who you never quite know what she's going to say or how she's going to respond, but she is super impactful in the industry of pageantry, and we have actually ranked her one of the top personal trainers in pageantry. Her name is Katie Boyd, and she's the owner of the Misfit Club in Hudson, New Hampshire, and Katie has over 20 years of pageant experience and has been a personal trainer for 16 years. She's an expert-rated certified sports nutritionist and holds a personal training certificate through International Sports Science Association and a bachelor's degree in exercise science from the University of Massachusetts. She's been closely involved for the past 10 years with Massachusetts, Vermont, Connecticut, Maine, and New Hampshire USA pageants. And in 2015, she created the Misfit Contest that will soon be turning into a pageant. So we've got a lot to talk about. Katie, welcome to the call. Thank you for having me. And thank you for trusting that I might or may or may not say something terrible or funny. Well, it might be a combination thereof, but either way, people will be both entertained and informed. Well, that's my number one thing. I, I was put on this earth to entertain and secondarily, you know, train people. So that's my stick, Stephen. <laughs> well, and everybody who knows you knows that there's really never a dull moment. I mean, right. It's probably kind of why I had my own reality television show, uh, because every time I talk about what I do for a living, people are like, you should have your own show. And I'm like, I've been there, done that already. <laughs> got the t-shirt and decided I didn't want it. So exactly. That. Exactly. Now, there was something really interesting about your, um, your training studio that has always stuck with me from the very beginning. So tell us like all what color it is and and just kind of go into detail what your studio looks like. Yeah, my studio is so different from any other gym that I've ever stepped foot in in my entire life. I really wanted to give everyone that comes into my gym the true Katie Boyd experience. So when people walk into my gym, it's like walking into you know me as a person. I had everything in my gym. It was all custom made by Cybex, which is one of the top equipment companies in the world. And I had everything custom made, hot pink, which is one of my favorite colors. And when girls come in, they just feel glam and sexy. It's kind of like a boudoir. We have chandeliers, the whole nine yards. And in the next year, we're actually going to be franchising between 10 and 20 uh, Katie Boyd's Misfit Clubs in this country and overseas in Dubai, South Africa, Australia. So the brand has really caught on. I love the fact that, you know, women come into my gym and they feel like they're not working out, even though I'm making them grunt, glitter, and sweat Shirovsky. <laughs> That's my specialty, Stephen. That's amazing. Okay, so let's the, the people that are listening in now, they're really curious and they want to know how they can get into the best shape of their life going into a pageant. So let's talk about the very first question right off the bat. Does everybody need a trainer? And if so, why do you feel that, like that is? 
I mean, I've been doing pageants since I was four years old, and I've had my own personal trainer since pretty much um, I was able to compete in like Teen USA. And actually, what your body looks like really makes the difference in your scoring. I do have a trainer myself. I can't train by myself. I think everybody needs that motivation. And I think a lot of people, you know, they worry about having the time or having the money to actually hire a trainer. And there's so many cost effective ways nowadays to have a trainer without, you know, paying $400 an hour. You know, you see like the Kardashians. And they're working out with like Gunnar Peterson and those type of trainers. And, you know, they're charging thousands of dollars an hour. And I think that girls get discouraged because they're like, you know, how am I ever going to afford this? But the top trainers in the industry always, if they're smart, have a way to train people cost effectively. So, yeah, I do. I believe everyone needs a trainer if you really want to win and you want to take your body to the next level. Now, are people like Gunner, I mean, if you pay them $400 versus like what your hourly rate is, and I don't know, it could be $400, i am not sure, um, but are they really like 4X better or 10X better, or are they just better at marketing themselves? I think that they're just really lucky. Like they got a, a bunch of really amazing, you know, like the Kardashians are just like juggernauts when it comes to marketing and publicity. So I think that they're probably great. I mean, I do know Gunner, and he is amazing. And I know a lot of the other top trainers like Jillian Michaels and stuff just because obviously being in the industry for so many years, having a television show, being in that mix, it's not that they're any better or any worse, but I do think that they're also lucky. Just like I was lucky to have a television show, and I was very lucky in the Boston area to have the chance to train, you know, Boston celebrities and have the chance to train, you know, the Red Sox wives and the Patriots wives and those type of people. So sometimes I think it's just really luck over, you know, knowledge, but that being said, I'm, I'm pretty smart, just saying. <laughs> now, what about the girls that go out and purchase the workout DVDs? I mean, and you yourself is, you know, rolling out a really robust way that people can train remotely. Um, will their end results, will they differ? I don't really think it's about the fitness modality that you utilize. I really think it's about the heart of the girl. That being said, a lot of people... You know, they go and buy like, you know, um, you know, Tony Horton stuff and all that kind of, you know, all those different types of things. And, and if you have the DVD and you don't utilize it, then nothing's going to happen. Just like when girls hire me, you know, I have a whole entire aspect of my company that's virtual training and, you know, they get me whether they live in Dubai, South Africa, Germany, Europe, whatever. And if you're not going to utilize it, then and you're not going to utilize your trainer, whether it's a DVD or in-house, you're not going to make the difference in your body. Right. What do girls need to look for when they're actually choosing a trainer? I think, honestly, knowledge. Um, a lot of these trainers nowadays, they uh, definitely are just good at marketing. And they have like one certification. I, when I would look for someone like a doctor, for instance, I want to know where they went to school. I want to know, um, you know, who they've trained. I want to see before and after testimonials. I just don't want to hire someone because, you know, they're $19 an hour. 
So I think that you really have to look at like who they are as people. Obviously, you know, this is, this is a pageant planet podcast and the girls that are listening to this are pageant girls. They're not, um, trying to be Olympic athletes or they're not trying to be, you know, world-class volleyball players. They're, they they want to compete in a pageant. So I also think that it's really important to stick to the, the trainers that that's what they specialize in. Yeah. So what are some of the questions that the girls listening can ask trainers that would help narrow it down? I mean, you mentioned certifications, but I mean, honestly, for me, if I go into the mechanic, uh, I don't know anything about cars. If, if it has a full tank of gas and I've changed the oil and it's broke, I'm like, yep, I'm lost. Right. So they of could, course. They could throw around a few buzzwords, alternator, radiator, whatever, and I would just believe them because I'm, I'm not real trained in that area. So... Uh, what are some warning signs and then what are some like really good questions or really good answers that girls should look for? Well, number one, I always look at other trainers. You know, I follow hundreds of trainers on my social media. They're either my friends or they're people that I just like to follow because, um, you know, whether their aesthetics of their Instagram are really beautiful or whatever. But I have noticed lately that a lot of trainers, they're more into what they look like and not so much what their clients look like. You know, I competed in pageants since I was four years old. I have been in the industry for 30 years, actually, you know, between competing and actually training. And of course I take care of my, myself, but I am, I am here as a trainer. So I'm here to focus on my girls and all the goals that they set for themselves. And I think a lot of trainers, and I'm sure you've seen this before, Stephen, in, in the pageant world, you know, they're like, look at my biceps and they're taking all these, you know, selfies of themselves and they don't really show the testimonials and the before and afters of their own clients. So they're kind of more narcissistic. So I don't really want to train with a narcissistic trainer. I want to train with a trainer that wants to help me achieve my goals and obviously at the same time taking care of themselves but not making it, you know, the whoever show. So that's one warning sign I would actually look for. Um, and obviously the questions that you want to ask your trainer is, you know, how many, how many times have you trained a pageant girl and how long is this going to take? And if you start hearing, well, I can get you ripped in a month, and I'm just going to make you eat chicken and broccoli for the next three months. That's, a, that's another warning sign. My whole shtick is it's a lifestyle change. I, you can ask any girls that have ever trained at my gym, and they will say, you made me look at food differently. You taught me how to eat for my, the rest of my life. And I have girls that come back to me. You know, They started with me at, as teens in the USA system or the America system, and they still trained with me when they went to – the Miss system, and then they got married and they trained with me for the Misses systems. And now, you know, they just had babies and they're trying to get their, you know, pre-baby bodies back. I've had girls, you know, train with me for 15 years. So it's like longevity of how long you keep your clients. So if someone's saying to you, hey, I'm going to make you eat cucumbers and chicken for the rest of your life, that's, that's scary to me. So beware, girls, of that, of that trainer. So – by to sum this up, to do some research and just kind of look at their Instagram, are they highlighting themselves more or the people they trained? Additionally, avoid extremes. So if they're saying, I'm going to take you on this extreme diet, whether it's really cutting down low calories or just focusing in on one or two foods and just eat that, or if they somewhat are seemingly over-promising, it's kind of like the, um, the saying, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. 
Um, exactly. And so kind exactly. Of using those three, and then if all three of those factors check out, then start to look at like price. Yes, because like price, honestly, there's always a way to work stuff out. If if trainers are also good salespeople, because that's another thing too. Like a lot of trainers are really great at what they do, but they're really not good at selling themselves, or they charge too much, or they don't try to work, you know, pricing programs out with young girls. Because like, let's be honest, sometimes depending on what level you are in the pageant industry, it it, it can be costly. So if you think of like hair and makeup and tanning and coaches and trainers and gowns and swimsuits and all that stuff, and I'm only saying this because, you know, I did compete, um, a good trainer will try to really work with you on price and try to help you receive the maximum results for the lowest amount of money. And I'm not saying, you know, everything's for free because I think a, a lot of girls too in the pageant industry try to get a lot of sponsorship which is awesome, but people, it's still a business. And I think people have to remember that. Completely. Do girls need to be ready mentally before they take on a workout program? I think that, yes, you have to be mentally prepared to take on a workout program. Um, You have to understand that if you want to make big changes, it's not going to happen overnight. And like I said previously, it's a lifestyle change. But I think uh, more importantly, the trainer, if they're really good at what they do, they're going to change the girl on every level. And that's what we really push at uh, Katie Boyd's Misfit Club. We really push, you know, you're eating as a lifestyle change. You're working out to make your body stronger and healthier. And obviously the byproduct of those two things is you lose weight and you tone your body and you become swimsuit ready. But the third most important thing and this is what I really specialize in, is the spiritual, emotional, and mental aspect of competing. It's almost like sports psychology. You know, I'm sure you've heard sports players, like, for instance, you know, like Michael Jordan back in the day, he would say, you know, when I, when I go to, like, slam dunk or I shoot a three-point shot, I visualize it going into the basket. I'm manifesting that. And I think a lot of girls forget that they're goddesses and that they're powerful, and that they can manifest anything they put their minds to. And, you know, I teach the girls how to meditate at my gym. So it's not just about the eating, and it's not just about the working out. It's about getting yourself mentally, emotionally, spiritually prepared. And a great trainer will do that. And a lot of trainers don't know how. And that's sad, because this industry should be all, all about all of those encompassing parts. Yeah, and, and for the girls that might be maybe a little bit scared about meditation and, you know, just depending on their religious beliefs and how they grown up. Will you talk us through like what you do to help girls actually meditate, what it is, and then what you see as the benefits of that as it yeah. pertains to their workout? Oh my gosh, 100%. So I grew up Catholic, so I believe in God. I believe in Jesus, all that great stuff. I went to church every day. <laughs> you, you wouldn't know that since I like to cuss, but I, I do love the Lord. Um, that being said, I feel that meditation and I feel that um, religion has nothing to do with each other. And it actually, um, if anything, closely, symbiotically, you know, is together. That being said, you know, when you pray, a lot of the times when you pray, you know, you say to God, please, God, please help me win this pageant. Um, if, if you help me win this pageant, like I'll stop swearing and I'll be nice to my little brother or what, you know, whatever we say when we pray. But when you meditate, it's different because it's almost like God's talking to you 
And through meditation, honestly, I learned how to meditate from the Chopra family. And if you're not um, familiar with the Chopras, Stephen, I know you know Deepak Chopra, um, but he's one of, you know, Oprah Winfrey's spiritual gurus. And I learned, and so did my husband learn from him. And meditation is really just a way to clear your mind. And I wish that I knew how to meditate when I was competing because I would have been an even better, more fierce competitor if I learned how to meditate before. Um, so when I meditate, I meditate twice a day. I meditate 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes at night. And I also teach meditation at my gym. So we have special meditation classes. We have these days called spirit days. And all you do when you meditate is you just quiet your mind. Some people meditate. They have a certain word that they say over and over and over again. Um, lately, I've been doing a gratitude meditation. So I have my own mantra. But um, sometimes I just get bored of saying that word over and over. And lately... Um, I've been just doing a gratitude meditation. So every day when I meditate in the morning and at night, I just thank God and the universe for all my blessings and everything that I have, everything that I have had and everything that I will have in the future. And then I just say the word thank you over and over and over again for 20 minutes. And I, in just in the last couple of weeks since I've been doing this meditation, it's helped me so much. And I think that you know, a lot of people, like you said, they get nervous because they're like, well, I, I'm Christian or I'm Muslim or I'm whatever. And I don't feel comfortable meditating because it feels like it's going against my beliefs of my religion. And honestly, it can only strengthen your love for God. So what is some of the things that you teach girls to meditate are, are you telling them to focus on having their perfect, um, pageant body? Are you helping them focus on the crown being placed on their head? Um, yeah, we do all those meditations. I actually do all of those type of like guided visualization type meditations. And I also have, um, girls do vision boards. I don't know if you're familiar with a vision board. I think that we've talked about this before, but I have my girls make vision boards and I have, um, two or three vision boards that I've made over the years. And a vision board is a great way. It's almost like Pinterest, but it's actually a little bit more difficult because you actually have to go and cut out or, you know, print off pictures. And, um, for, for instance, a couple years ago, I had a girl who had won Miss Mass USA and me and her had made our vision boards together at a spirit day. And it was so funny because she took last year's Miss Massachusetts and she cut her head off and she put her face with the crown on top of this girl's body. And we were joking because we were like, oh, my God, that's so creepy. You're so you're such a creep show. But it ended and obviously I totally believe in manifestation. So I was just busting her. But she ended up winning. And it, the, still to this day, the running joke is it's because of my vision board. You know, for instance, a couple years ago, I had made a vision board and I put Dr. Oz on my vision board. And my husband was like, why are you putting Dr. Oz on your vision board? That's so weird. And I was like, I don't know. I just like Dr. Oz. And then like two weeks later, Dr. Oz's people called me and they're like, Dr. Oz loves you. He loves like everything you stand for. We want you on you know, we want you on the show. And I was like, Oh my God, this works. So we did the show. And then we came home from the Dr. Oz show and we had like a celebratory dinner one night. And it was so funny because one of my, uh, I think it was my stepdaughter said, if you did it for, you know, the Dr. Oz show, you should do it for Oprah. And I was like, yeah, I got to definitely put Oprah on my vision board. Like, and we just started laughing. And then 10 minutes later, my girlfriend from, um, 
my girlfriend from uh, Washington, D.C., she was a past Miss D.C. She texted me. She's like, girl, did you get Oprah Magazine this week? And I was like, no. She goes, Oprah quoted you in her magazine. Wow. So I'm like, okay. I, I always knew I was powerful. And that's when I really started realizing that when you really put your mind to something, I don't care what it is. And I hate to be cliche and corny or whatever, but if you want to be Miss Universe, if you want to be Miss USA, if you want to be Miss America, whatever, it could be anything. It could be if you want to be homecoming queen, if you really believe that you can do it and you take all the steps and you align your energy with the universe, meaning like you don't think defeating thoughts, um, you know, every day what makes you a winner is getting up and, you know, eating the right foods and taking care of your temple and working out diligently and sacrificing, you know, when all your other friends are out partying, hanging out with their friends, I was, and I'm only speaking for myself and a lot of my girls are the same when I was competing, you know, everybody would out, be out partying and, you know, doing all this stuff. And I was in the gym on the treadmill or I was lifting or I was meal prepping or I was practicing my talent because I knew that this was a huge stepping stone to open so many doors. And I always say, even when pageant times get hard, because they get hard for all of us, they're hard for you, Stephen, they're difficult for me. The pageant industry can be crazy, but every industry is crazy. If you just keep your mind focused on the prize and like the big picture and not let, you know, negativity or whatever bring you down. And every day you wake up with the same mindset and you don't stop. That's how people achieve great things. That's what makes people billionaires. That's what makes people, you know, have all these life opportunities because when everybody else gave up, they kept going. So, so much of what I do in the gym, you know, just to kind of circle back around because I'm very long winded, probably not, probably why I didn't do as well in my pageant interviews because <laughs> they would already ring the bell like 20 minutes ago. Um, <laughs> And you're like, in closing. <laughs> they would have been like, can you get the cane for this girl and just pull her off the stage already? <laughs> but, you know, if you want it, you can have it. And what I teach in the gym is, you know, you can work out to the cows come home. You can eat the cleanest food possible. But if your mind and your spirit and your beliefs aren't aligned with what you're doing, you will never achieve. And that's what I really grind into my girls' heads. And that's why I produce the top winners in the country. Love that. Now, concerning just the body, and you've certainly driven home the fact to me, and I can give you case after case of like my vision boards, goals that I wrote down, mm-hmm. my goals every morning of like how things have just manifested themselves in my life too. So completely in agreement there. Um, but concerning just the physical aspect of your clients, is it basically just the harder the girls work, the better results that they see? See, I think that a lot of people want to believe that, like, just go to the gym for four hours a day and eat lettuce. And that's not the way that the world works. I actually think that the girls who achieve are the ones that sacrifice. And it doesn't have to be like depressing sacrifice, you know, because people hear the word sacrifice and it has a very negative connotation. I think that the girls that are like, you know, if you're over 21, I'm not going to drink three times this week. It's the summertime. I want to go out with my friends. I want to go to the beach. I'm not going to drink three times this week. I'm going to drink one or two drinks out to dinner with my girlfriends. Or, you know, I am going to take Sunday instead of like going hiking with my friends and then out to dinner. I'm going to take Sunday to go to the grocery store, prep my food. And so I'm setting my entire week up for success. My old oldest you know, thing in the book, you could ask any of my clients, I always say, fail to plan, 
plan to fail. And I, again, it's an old saying, it's probably cliche and corny, but it's, it's the damn truth. I can't tell you how important it is to meal prep. Um, I actually asked a question on my Facebook today because we started a whole new social media campaign where we're going to be doing, you know, free workouts and free recipes. And I asked everybody, what is the biggest roadblocks that you face in, in, you know, getting your dream body? And everybody, like almost everybody said time. And the thing that makes me the most upset is that I see like some of my pageant girls and they'll, they'll say to me, Katie, I just don't have time to meal prep. I just don't have time. And then I see them posting selfies of themselves all damn day on Facebook. And I'm like, girlfriend, a little less selfies, a little more food prep. And you would be, you know, the, the next Miss USA, but people don't have time management skills and they don't prioritize their dreams. So I always tell girls, you can't, send, you know, dog poop up to the universe and expect the universe to send you back unicorns and butterflies. That's not how the world works. You have to put out and then whatever you put out, that's what you get back. So if you're putting out hard work and sacrifice and dedication and love, that's what you're going to get back. But if you're, you know, taking 30 selfies of yourself a day, you're kind of leaving nothing left to the imagination and you're not <laughs> giving yourself enough time to actually, you know, prep your food and do, you know, I, every Sunday night, I take about an hour out of my day and I sit down and I have a notebook and I write out, this is what I'm going to do this week. These are the goals that I'm going to hit. This is what I'm going to do, you know, professionally with my body, with my, my family, with my friendship. And I think that if girls started really doing that and not worrying about, like you said, you know, being in the gym three hours a day, working harder, not smarter. And that's the real problem. There was a sign when I was in ninth grade art class, but it was a sign over my art director's door. It said, time will expand for the things you want to do most. That's right. And the same girls are like, I don't have time for a boyfriend right now. I'm competing. And then two weeks later, suddenly she's got a new guy in her arms. And it's like, no, you just didn't find the right guy. You I exactly. I, exactly. And there's, listen, I'm, I'm probably not to toot my own horn, but I am one of the busiest people I know. I have them. There we go. Okay. I can hear you now. Hold on one second. I'm like, my mother is calling me to ask me what my what I'm doing in my life. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm just doing like, you know, I'm just sitting on the couch eating bonbons, So What do you think I'm doing? Okay, well, for the sake of editing, we'll edit that portion out. Um, Thank you. Yeah. And I um, – Gosh, what did I ask before then? I think you said... Oh, we were talking about like time and stuff. And it's it's so funny because I always tell my girls like... Uh, what I was saying is, is, you know, I have a daughter. I have a husband. I work full time at my gym. I'm opening gyms all over the world. I am writing books. We're doing recipes. We're virtual training. And I still like to shower and put makeup on and so on and so forth. And I have to train myself too and eat and sleep. And all that good stuff. So when people tell me that they don't have time, I get so frustrated. But then I uh, I have to remember that I'm the fitness professional. So I'm the one that has to give them the tools to figure out how to make more time. Yep. Now, what's the fastest way for these girls to actually lose weight? Well, honestly, the, the biggest thing about losing weight is I always say it's like a it's like a triangle. You have to have your your meal prep on point. So you have to have your meal prep on point. That's like the top of the pinnacle of the triangle because honestly food is 
people think, you know, again, I'm going to work out three hours a day and then I'm going to eat Cheetos. Well, that's not how it works. 80% of, you know, what you look like is your food. And then, you know, working out is a big part. But I always tell my girls, say you have a day where you're like, oh my God, I have 10 million, you know, things to do and I'm not going to be able to go to the gym tonight. I always tell my girls, okay, well, if that's, if that's the case, then make sure that, you know, you eat perfectly. And then the other thing is cardio. You know, a lot of people, there's this whole like thing, like, do I do cardio? Do I not do cardio? Um, and I'm sure these girls are so confused by so many different things because they read so much stuff. And it's like, well, someone else said, don't do cardio. And then this person said to do cardio. Cardio is important, but it also depends on what phase of your competition prep that you're in. You know, when I first start training a girl, she comes to me about six months out and she's like, hey, I'm competing in Miss California, USA. I have this much weight to lose in my mind because it's always different from what I feel. You know, she'll be like, I need to lose 30 pounds. And I'm like, you need to lose 10 <laughs> and you need to just tone. Um, but that's, you know, neither here nor there, you know? So I think that it has to be cardio, has to be meal prep, and it has to be um, weights. And if you're missing one of those parts of the equation, you're not going to have your best body. And again, hiring a trainer that knows what they're doing is so important. Try not to go it alone because I see so many girls that they have such potential to win. And the only thing, and I'm sure you see it too, Stephen, because you coach, um, you actually judge sometimes, right? Yeah. So you go and you see this girl and you're like, oh my God, she's beautiful. She could be the next Miss America. But then her body's not on point. And it's like, oh, she just, if she just, just toned a little bit more, you know, and that's why sometimes, you know, girls that aren't as talented or don't have as good of interviews, you know, in certain pageants, depending on how they're scored, the girl that just has a better body will beat them by like a fraction of the point. What's the biggest thing that you see these girls doing that's causing them to gain fat, um, whether in the off season or even during their quote training times? So I have this huge pet peeve where girls, they, um, they diet for competition and I hate the word diet. Cause again, it's all about lifestyle. So they diet for competition and they get ripped and they look like, like supermodels and then they don't win. And then they're like, Oh, whatever. And then like for six months, they just like go on like a bender and you see their Instagrams and they're like food hashtag food porn, you know? And I'm like, Oh God, this is going to be bad. And then they come back to me six months later and they're like, I have the bug again. I want to compete. I think this is my year. And then they come back and they lose the weight again. And then they maybe go up in the ranks like one or two steps, you know, maybe they were top five and then they were like second runner up or whatever. And then they, and so it's like this whole cycle of gaining and losing weight instead of again, just maintaining working out and eating right as a lifestyle and then like if you have a competition, you say, okay, I'm just going to like clean up my food a little bit and like work out a little harder. It's always like extremes. And then what happens is, and I've seen this for years, is the more you yo-yo up and down with your weight, your skin, it loses the collagen and elastin. So it loses its you know, el elasticity. So from all that gaining and losing, the stretching of the skin, the skin never gets back to where it should be. And then the girls end up looking kind of like worn out. So I, I always tell girls not to do that. That's like my biggest thing with them. I'm like, please don't gain weight. I would say, I always say stay within, 
you know, 10 pounds or this much percentage of body fat of where you would be when you um, compete. Why do you think they go back to eating so much after competition? I think because they, so many coaches deprive them of like cheat meals or like refeeds. And like, I always say to my girls, like, you know, if you, if instead of just having like one big meal and like being like, oh my God, okay, this week I'm going to go to the North end in Boston and I'm going to eat 32 cannolis and lasagna and like garlic bread and all this stuff. I just tell the girls, like, if you're out with your friends on like a Tuesday night, and you go out and have sushi and you want like something sparking your interest that maybe isn't on the plan, have like a couple pieces. Just don't eat the whole thing. Whereas other coaches are like, you know, just have one cheat meal or some coaches don't even allow their girls to have, you know, a little free day where they can do whatever they want. If they want a donut and a coffee or, you know, ice cream or like some pasta. I think that's it's the deprivation thing. And again, a lot of girls, they don't diet for life. They don't stay on a plan for life. They do it just for the competitions or just for the prom or just for their wedding or whatever it is, instead of just making it a lifestyle change. And that's, that, that's what makes me sad. And that's why, you know, there's so many eating disorders and there's so much, so many girls on this planet that are body dysmorphic. So I'm, that's why I'm really here to change this industry. And from day one, I vowed to do that. And I think I'm doing a pretty good job of it with my clients. Now with, do you recommend literature or then to read something, watch something in order to maintain this lifestyle change? Because honestly, even with me, like I trained in fitness competitions and after I was like, oh, okay, vacation mode now. And then I slacked off on my diet. So, I mean, do you recommend something to keep the morale up? I think, honestly, it's not even about reading things. I think a couple things. I think it's surrounding yourself with really high-energy, um, loving people that want to see you win and grow. Because I think in the pageant industry, too many people surround themselves by quote-unquote frenemies. And, you know, you're you're around people that... They say that they want you to win and they say that they want you to succeed, but they truly really don't because they have, they're jealous and they're insecure. So really maintaining um, the people around you that are high energy and that really truly are your friends because they love you. That's number one. And I love Instagram because, you know, I can read inspirational quotes and I can really um, control like what I see over Facebook. Not that I don't like Facebook. I love Facebook. It's helped me so much with my company and it helps me stay in touch with, you know, people all over the world that I have, that I don't get to see all the time. But I feel like Instagram, you can really control like what you see. So I follow a ton of inspirational, you know, people like Dr. Wayne Dyer, like Deepak Chopra, like Gabby Bernstein, and like even, you know, just some spiritual Instagrams that I read and they just help me feel better. And then again, to keep, you know, beating a dead horse, really try to focus on why you started doing pageants. Because I think a lot of people forget, like, what made you start this in the first place? Just like sometimes, and I'm sure you do too, Stephen, it's like, why did I start Pageant Planet in the first place? Why did I start Katie Boyd's Misfit Club in the first place? Like, what sparked me to, like, want to do this for my, for my life? And I think that once you start always going back to square one, like why you started to compete, like what made you want to do this in the first place and keep reiterating that to yourself every time things get tough, 
that's what's going to help you the most. Because like I always tell, you know, girls are always like, should I buy this book called the 21 day fix? Or should I buy this, you know, cookbook? And I'm like, there's so many things online that you can read. Um, you don't really have to go buy any book, but I think it's really, it has more to do with your surroundings and like, you know, your mindset, honestly. How often should girls be stepping on the scale and does that number even really matter? Oh my God, I hate the scale. I think the scale literally has ruined the psyche of most uh, girls in America and all over the world for that matter, because here's the deal. If you weigh 170 pounds, let's just say, I'll just throw a number out there. If you weigh 175 pounds, but you look amazing, I don't care what your weight is. And I don't think most judges care what your weight is if you look amazing. Because I've seen girls weigh 105 pounds and they look emaciated and sick. I, as a, as a judge, and I have judged hundreds of patents in my day, I don't look for stick thin. I don't look for a bone sticking out. I look for fitness and I look for stage presence and um, I look for confidence on stage because like this whole movement, like I don't know if you're familiar with it, but you know, the model Ashley Graham, that was a plus size and I'm using my quotation fingers, even though you can't see me, um, a plus size model, you know, she is sexy and gorgeous and healthy and she works out every day and she eats clean. Her body just wants to be that way. So not everyone is going to be a size zero. And I think that the scale has really brainwashed the girls into thinking they have to be a certain weight. And I also think that the generation now of pageant girls, their mothers were very fixated on the scale because of that generation. That's just how, you know, everything was fat free and, um, no non-fat and, you know, low fat and people drank you know, sodas and all these drinks with artificial sweeteners. And we're starting to be the generation that we're like, no, 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 we can't do this because this causes disease. So I think that we have to get out of our mother's mindset of the scale and start. Um, that's why I always have my girls do their body fat tests. I care more about what their body fat is and how they look in clothes in a swimsuit than what their weight is any day of the week. Yeah, makes sense. And I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but muscle weighs more than fat too, right? Well, that's an old myth because think about it, like a pound of bricks and a pound of feathers is still a pound, right? But what I like to tell the girls, because I get this question all the time, but a, a pound of muscle is more dense than a pound of fat. So a pound of fat might look like, you know, a bag of uh, cottage cheese, but a pound of muscle might look like a little piece of filet mignon. I'm just trying to like give yeah, people visuals, right? So when someone is 150 pounds, but they weigh, but they're 16% body fat and someone's 150 pounds and they're 33% body fat, they're going to have totally different muscle and structure builds because muscle is more dense and looks totally different. Love that. Let's talk about cardio for a moment. Yes. Pageant girls are infatuated with, with cardio. What's the best type of cardio that you recommend that they do and what time of day? Well, I get this question all the time. So again, it depends on what part of their training program. Like I'm not, I'm not just saying this for my own training style. So for instance, like if a girl is really close to their competition and they're having a hard time just dropping that, those last count kind of pounds of muscle, um, yeah, dropping pounds of muscle. We don't want that to happen. <laughs> dropping those last couple pounds of water weight or that extra little fluff that's you know kind of sitting over their muscles, I will have them wake up first thing in the morning and do fasted cardio. 
So in the morning for fasted cardio, you know, you're half asleep. You can't even have a cup of coffee. You just go right straight to the treadmill or right straight to the arc trainer and you get on that thing and you, you cry and you hope that you don't fall off because you fall back asleep. But that is a really great you know, way, in my opinion, to drop the last couple pounds before you compete. Because think about it in a scientific manner. If you fasted all night, right, because that's what happens when you sleep, your body uses a lot of energy just to keep your body going while you rest, you've pretty much depleted the stored sugar in your muscles called glycogen. So when you get up in the morning and you do fasted cardio, your body's tapping into its fat stores for energy, for adenosine triphosphate, right? But if a girl is, you know, needs to just lose a little weight and she's pairing it with a, um, you know, a, like a weightlifting program, what I will have them do is I'll have them do high intensity interval training. And we have an awesome video that I have. Um, it's me doing it and, um, it's on the treadmill and it's called hit on the treadmill. So hit stands for again, high intensity interval training. And I have the girls doing everything from sprinting as fast as they can on the treadmill for one minute intervals to walking sidestep on the treadmill on an incline to, you know, running backwards to, um, holding on for dear life at like a 15 incline and squeezing their butt cheeks. So you're, you know, you're bringing your heart rate up and down, up and down, and you're, um, retraining the brain to think in a different way. So, you know, obviously we're so used to walking, you know, normally, but when you start, you know, sidestepping, you start walking backwards, your brain has to really use a lot of power to, you know, feel a different way. So it's a great fat burning routine. So I like, you know, fat acid cardio for some things. I like high intensity interval training for some things. Sometimes I just like plyometric exercises, which are like, I'm sure a lot of people heard of it if they know anything about fitness because it's all the rage right now. It is like all the jumping exercises. So like the plyometric jump squats and like jumping planks and hill climbers and burpees and all that kind of stuff. That that gets a lot of bang for your buck, especially if you don't have a lot of time to work out. You know, you could just bust out 15, 20 minutes of plyos and burn just as much calories as you would, you know, doing a 90 minute weight routine. How much does heart rate play into it? I mean, I've read a lot about, I mean, you got to keep your heart rate within a certain parameter if you want to burn fat versus if you go above that as cardio. You know, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I don't see, this is the problem now because everybody has like their Fitbits and everybody's like so obsessed with their like little gadgets and stuff. And I'm kind of like a cave woman when it comes to like anything technical. Like sometimes I have a hard time like just turning my computer on. So I really don't get involved with like all the heart rate stuff. Now, obviously, if you're at the gym and you're not even breaking a sweat, that's probably a problem, right? Because you want to get your heart rate up a little bit. But I think that, you know, um, keeping your heart rate up constantly isn't good either. So you need to do things in intervals. And this is just my personal opinion, you know, like, for instance, like say I do body parts one day in the gym, I just, I want to do chest and tries. And that's what I did yesterday. I don't rest between sets. You know, you see a lot of these guys at the gym, they're, they're like talking, they're using more of their obicular muscles in their face than, you know, talk, like totally talking to the next person over uh, across from them. I get in the gym, I'm like saving Private Ryan. You get in and you get out. You don't want to be spending, you know, two, three hours in the gym like, I have to rest 90 seconds between sets. Like no one cares. If you want to just get in, burn the calories and get out, don't rest between sets, keep your heart rate up. Um, and there's equations that you can actually, I don't want to get too scientific and make everybody fall asleep, but there are equations um, that you can just Google 
about like basal metabolic rate and how to, you know, where you want to be as far as like fat burning target zones. And you can just plug in, you know, your, your age and your height and your weight and all that good stuff. And then it'll tell you, you know, how high you want to keep your heart rate up. So it does play a role, but I don't want, again, I hate when my girls get obsessed with things because a lot of people in general can get obsessed with things extremely easily. So I try to kind of like make it as easy as possible and not overwhelm them with too many things to think about when they're working out. Oh, completely. And that's why they hire you because even, I mean, any facet of life where you want exponential results, hire an expert that can help you crush the learning curve and get you there. 100%. I agree. Um, now, with that, is there a sure sign that it's you just know a girl's doing too much cardio, that their listeners on the other side of this, whether it's a radio car or whatever, can say, oh, yeah, that's me. I'm doing way too much cardio. Yeah, I have this. I have girls all the time, and they, you know, I'll say to them, okay, I just want you to do, um, you know, 30 minutes a day, four days a week, just for now. And then I'll see them. They'll come into the gym for a checkup, and I'm like, you, you little liar. I know you've been doing more than 30 minutes. And they're like, I have, I have. Because people, again, like to, you know, touch back upon where we were before. People think that more is is better, and it's not. Um, so what happens is a lot of the times when people are doing too much cardio, they lose their muscle tone. So they become like skinny fat. And I'm sure you know people like that. They look good in clothes, but then you see them at the beach and you're like, oh, really? Huh? Because they're just, you know, cellulite They don't have any muscle. Um, I would rather be built like, uh, you know, like really thick as a girl and, and not have cellulite than be like really thin and, you know, have my butt looking like two wads of chewed up bubble gum. That's not really what, where I'm going, you know, and I know that a lot of my pageant girls, well, probably all of my pageant girls don't want that look. So they end up looking really stringy and sinew and sinew, uh, what's the word? Like sinew. I don't know how else to say it. It's like stringy and gaunt. You ever see people that like they run um, marathons a lot and their faces start to look like sunken in? Yeah. yeah. They get that look. And as soon as I see that look, I like, I take cardio out. I kind of punish them. I'm like, oh, you want to do that to me and lie and say that you only do in 30 minutes when you really do in 90 minutes? Well, now you can't do any because you have to recuperate the body. And too much exercise, you know, everybody's like, exercise is so good for your immune system. Too much of a good thing is not, it's like you said, it's not good. Like I've seen so many girls overtrain. And then they end up in the hospital or, you know, they end up sick. They end up with the flu or they're, you know, they have um, ACL tears in their knees or they hurt their backs or they hurt their shoulders because they're just doing too much. Rest, I can't push this enough. Rest is just as important as working out. So I have girls that will say to me like, you know, Katie, I'm going to college full time. I'm, I'm going to be go to be a doctor and I'm doing Miss um, you know, Kansas, USA, and I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and I'm doing cardio, and I only get four hours of sleep a day. And I will say to them, I want you to take three rest days this week. And during the times that you would be working out, I want you to nap. And they look at me like, what? But rest is just as important because rest is when you release growth hormone into your body. And that is what repairs your repairs your system. So if you're constantly lifting, and you're constantly doing cardio, and you're micro tearing your muscles, your body's not recuperating during the day. Your re- body is recuperating dur- during rapid eye movement of sleep. That's when your body releases the growth hormone that goes in and repairs all your muscles and all you know your your body. So if you're not sleeping and not resting and you're overtraining, you're doing too much cardio. Never a good thing. Yeah, 
I, I'm, and I recognize that I'm blessed in this, but I don't wake up to an alarm clock. Whenever I my, don't either. Whenever my body nudges me and says, Stephen, you've had enough rest. It's yes. time to roll out of bed. That's when I get up. And that's made tremendous um, a difference on my body, my immune system, and even the way my skin looks. I mean, it's just... It's 100%. Um, a lot of people need alarm clocks to wake up because they just, you know, they have those types of jobs where they have to be, you know, in rush hour traffic on the way to the city at whatever time. And I did that for years. You know, when I first started my company, I worked 15 hours a day. I was up at 4 a.m. I was training my clients 15 hours a day. I mean, it was it was crazy. And that's why I'm so successful now. But now I am just like you. I don't wake up with an alarm clock. When my body says it's time to get up, I get up. Even if it's like, and my husband gets so mad at me because sometimes like on a Sunday Sunday morning, he's like, let's sleep in in the morning. I'm like, okay. And then 6.30, I'm like, bing. And then I don't lay in bed. I just, I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to get up. I'm going to do my emails. I'm going to, you know, take care of some things around the house. And um, I'm telling you, it does. It does make a huge difference. So on the days, girls, that you don't have to wake up with an alarm clock, try not to because it will play a huge role in everything about your body. Awesome. For the girls that are looking to firm up, to tone up, how many days a week do you suggest that they actually lift physical weight? When girls first start a program, I think that they're afraid to to meet me for the first time because they're like, she's going to tell me to work out eight days a week. And it's actually the opposite. When a girl first starts a program, I say between three and four days a week lifting. Um, three days are rest days or active rest days. And what I mean by active rest days is, you know, take a hike, take a walk on the beach, do some like just hatha really nice stretching yoga, go play in the park with your dog, like something that's physical, but not actually micro tearing your muscles, not lifting weights in that way. And then, you know, as they get better in shape and their bodies start to adapt to that um, energy expenditure, then I will say, okay, let's bump it up to four days or let's bump it up to five days and maybe add a little bit of like Bikram yoga because I'm really all about cross training. I love it all, you know? Um, So I think, you know, when you first start a new program, three to four days a week, a little bit of cardio, a little bit of weights, like I said before, 80% is your nutrition. And then start to bump it up. But you still, even if you were an, you know, an Olympic athlete, they take rest days. So I think that people, you know, we beat ourselves up too much as women. And we think like we have to do more, more, more. And I can't, you know, say it enough. It's not, it's not better. Yeah. And it's just our society as a whole. I mean, they, people must put you down if you're not stressed out to the max or working 80 hours a week. People are like, what are wrong with you? Don't you have that fire? <laughs> oh, I, you know, I have this conversation with my husband all the time. You can have fire, but you can't be on fire all the time. And that's the, that's the big difference. You know, like I have a fire every day when I get up. I have a fire in the pit of my belly that makes me get up and makes me do the things that I know I should be doing. And that makes me try to be better every day. But I think that we live in a society that, especially for women. And, you know, men are just not as emotional as women. I think we get more stressed out as far as like the way that we manifest our stress and the way that we release our stress. So we, you know, women, women will be called drama queens or like psychos or whatever. I hate those words because that's, you know, we cry and we get upset because that's how we as women, most of us release our um, energy, our negative energy. But I think a lot of people think, if I'm not doing something, and, I, and I'm only saying this because I am like the number one offender 
I sometimes feel like I have to be busy because busy means I'm achieving and I'm succeeding. But sometimes like, you know, it's not, it's like uh, Deepak Chopra, one of my gurus, he always says like, do less and accomplish more because at the end of the day, whatever is meant to happen in your life is going to happen regardless. If you push it and cry and freak out and go crazy, or if you just sit back and watch the universe unfold, you know, like Rumi, who is an old, I'm sure you know Rumi, I'm sure you love Rumi and all his quotes. He was an old, you know, uh, Persian, I guess, like philosopher back in the day. And he said, live as though the universe is rigged in your favor. And I think we as women have to start really adopting that that idea that the universe is conspiring for our greater good. And no matter what we do to do, you know, to try to manipulate it, because we are good at mani- trying to manipulate things. Women are. I don't know if you didn't know that, Stephen, but we're really good at it. <laughs> we are just like professionals. And we think if I can just manipulate things to be the way that I want them to be, then I will feel great about myself and I'll feel safe. But at the end of the day, it's not really true. It's an illusion. So if we live like Rumi said, that the universe is rigged in our favor and that God wants the best for us, then we will always come out on top and we won't be stressed out all the time. Some stress is good, but a lot of it is bad, and a lot of it is what leads to disease and unhappiness and depression. And passion girls aren't supposed to be depressed. We're supposed to be happy. Supposed to be princesses. Yes. <laughs> okay, last question. Um, do you, What kind of protein shakes and supplements do you recommend, if any? So I, um, I love supplements for busy lifestyles. I don't believe though that supplements should be meal replacements. So I, you know, there's so many of these like different companies and, you know, I hate to name names and I won't name names. So I'll just keep that to myself, but there's so many companies and I get these inboxes every day. Katie, you know, you're a fitness professional, sell my such and such shake, sell my this shake, sell my this supplement, sell that. And I'm like, Oh God, you know, a lot of it's just to make money. And then these people call themselves coaches and they haven't never gone to school for nutrition or anything. So that part of life, you know, internet life frustrates me a little bit. I'm actually, um, a huge advocate for garden of life. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Um, garden of life is actually, it's vegan. I was vegan for about five years. Um, and now I live pretty much, I eat a little bit of meat, but nothing like I used to. I'm a Portuguese girl. I grew up like eating, you know, whatever my mom put on the table. Most of it was meat and in and, and sausage form. Uh, but the, that's neither here nor there. But I was vegan um, for a really long time. And when I was, I really fell in love with this company. And it's called Garden of Life. And it's 100% organic. And they have um, the most amazing protein powders. And the one that I love the most, it's called uh, Smooth. And it's grain-free. So it's fabulous. So if you make like a green goddess smoothie, which all my girls drink, um, it it blends in amazingly well. And then all their other supplements, you know, like their daily vitamins, their probiotics, all that stuff are all, again, um, they're vegan, they're organic. Uh, A couple of the other people who are... Um, big proponents are like uh, Alicia Silverstone from Clueless. She's a huge vegan. Jessica Alba. I'm sure you know Jessica. Um, she, you know, they're huge into the Garden of Life products. And I do a lot of recipes, and I will be doing a lot of recipes. So stay tuned for those on my Facebook page with Garden of Life uh, protein powders. But I just 
want to say to the girls, don't get wrapped up in just drinking protein shakes or doing all these like crazy juice cleanses and stuff because it does not work and your body will actually hate you. And as soon as you start putting any morsel of food in your mouth, you will gain the weight back. But utilize protein powder and supplements as what they're supposed to be, supplemental. So say you know, you have a tough day and you're like, oh my God, uh, I woke up late. What am I going to have for breakfast? I can't make eggs and toast or whatever your breakfast is. You know, I have my girls make these things called green goddess smoothies and all they are is, you know, um, unsweetened nut milk. So you can do, you know, almond milk or soy milk or coconut milk and a couple handfuls of spinach, like baby spinach or kale and a scoop or two, depending on your protein needs of the uh, garden of life, smooth protein powder and like a cup or two of fresher frozen fruit. And then you just blend it up and it's delicious and you're getting all your macro and micronutrients. It's super healthy. And I feel like when I do drink a shake like that in the morning, it just sets my day up for success because then I'm not craving you know, junk because I'm like, oh, well, I already had my green smoothie, so I have to kind of keep my nutrition up high today. Um, but I do love the Garden of Life brand. And there, there are other great brands, but um, not to change the answer to the question, but I don't want girls to get obsessed with just drinking shakes and using supplements as, as you know, full meal replacements. Cause I'm sure you've, you hear about these horror stories all the time being oh, yeah. in the pageant industry as well. Yeah. It just scares me as a trainer and as a nutritionist that other people who call themselves coaches, you know, think that this is healthy cause it's not. And of course, if you drink a shake with water, a scoop of shake that's a hundred calories with water for lunch and breakfast. And then you have a sensible meal, which is like, whatever that means, like a salad with chicken. Of course you're going to lose weight because you're eating 500 calories a day. Right. <laughs> right. You burn more than that if you don't get off the couch. almost. Yeah, there like, you go. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why you hear all these horror stories of pageant girls and models, you know, like, Oh, she fainted and this happened and that happened. It's like, yeah, because whoever's training you, is a dingling and you know, or you're doing it yourself and you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah. Now I know the girls listening, they can find you by going to the pageantplanet.com clicking find a trainer, but you have your new website and then you also have the new social media channels that you're talking about. So what's the best way that they can connect with you? So I, um, obviously they can go to my website. It's www.kbmfc.com. Um, I am a huge, uh, person on, uh, social media. I love social media. I love that, you know, fans can reach out to me through all of my different social media modalities. So they can, um, like my page on Facebook. It's Katie Boyd's Misfit Club. They can friend me on my private Katie Boyd Facebook page. Um, my Instagram is Katie Boyd's Misfit Club. And um, my Twitter name is Katie Boyd Boston. So you can find me on you know pretty much everything. And we're going to be doing some awesome videos for recipes. We're going to be doing some awesome new workout videos. So we're really going to be um, really working on that stuff, which is so awesome and really you know, making a community of sisterhood, which, you know, that's what the pageant world's supposed to be about girls helping girls and women helping women be better versions of themselves. Love it, Katie. Thank you so much for taking this past roughly hour to spend with us and just share with us all your wisdom. Anytime. And I hope everybody enjoyed it. And if, again, if they have any questions, just reach out to me. And if, if they don't feel you know comfortable reaching out to me on social media, they can always email me at themisfitclub at gmail.com as well. 
Want to ask your questions to the title holders and professionals we interview? Become a VIP girl today and get unlimited coaching from the pageant planet. Plus, ask as many questions as you'd like for only $47.